Well, hey everyone, Pastor Stephen here, and I want to thank you for checking out this message from Journey Church. I hope that it encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus than ever before. If you are joining us today online or through the live stream, we are so excited that you are with us. However, we are not meant to do life alone, so don't let online media be a substitute for an actual community of faith and fellowship. God created us to do life with one another so that we can grow together on life's journey. We hope that you enjoy this message from God's Word. This morning we're going to have a prayer time a little bit different than we normally do. In fact, different than we ever have before. This morning, today, is Sanctity of Life Sunday. It is the day where we think about and remember the fact that God loves life, and we want to pray for that this morning. We also want to pray this morning for our country. I know many of you are concerned. Many of you are fearful of what's going to happen in our country, and we want to pray for God's intervention. We want to pray for God's help for people to repent and turn to him. And so I'm going to invite you today that wherever you are, if you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you want to sit where you're at this morning, or if you want to come forward to the stage. Now, this stage, we don't have an altar here, but if you want to kneel before the stage as a type of altar, not that God is going to hear you more, but maybe just because you have a deep burden in your heart that you want to bring before him, I want to invite you to do whatever you want to do as we go to him this morning in prayer. So if you would like to come, you are welcome to. If you'd like to sit, if you'd like to kneel, let's pray together here this morning. Father, I want to pray on behalf of our church, on behalf of our community, on behalf of our city, our state, our country, Lord. Help us to turn to you. Help us to repent of our ways. Help us to acknowledge that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are almighty God. Your name is to be hallowed. You are the creator of all things. And as the creator, you have the right to judge. You have the right to control your creation. Father, if we have done anything evil in your sight, we repent and we turn to you. Lord, for this epidemic and pandemic of abortion, we pray for your intervening hand. We pray, Father, for your intervention in our country as our country seems to be adopting principles and philosophies and morality that is so anti-you. We pray, Father, that you would intervene. Do a miracle, Lord. We pray, Father, that hearts would turn to you, that hearts would be so quickened because of the sin that they would repent and turn toward you. Help us in our lives, Lord, if there are anything, any things within our lives and within our hearts that are anti-you, anything that we have done to go against you, we repent and we turn back toward you. For those who are here or those who are watching who have turned away from you, they have, they have fallen away from your grace, I pray, Lord, that you would bring them back. Thank you that you are a God of forgiveness, a God who loves us no matter what, but Lord, help us to repent and turn back to you. 
Father, for the marriages that are broken, for families that are broken, for addictions that people are struggling with. We pray, Father, for restoration and freedom. Help us, Lord. We pray for a great revival to take place across this city, across this state, and across this country. Do something spectacular and magnificent so that it is only you who receives the glory. We thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you for the presence of your spirit in this place where we are at today. And we pray for your blessing upon our time together now. As we open your word, Lord, teach us and show us your truth. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, we're going to do things a little bit different, uh, not just that, that we're going to do different, but um, I was going to back into the in-game series starting today, and I've decided to delay that by one week. So next week, we will get back into our in-game series. Today, I really felt burdened to want to speak to you about this idea of life, the sanctity of life importance of life and why does life matter? What does God say about life and should we take a stand and should we respond to God's challenge to be people who speak out for life? I came across a statistic here a couple days ago and the statistic, the headline on the newspaper article read this. It it read these words. It said 383,000 deaths in the United States due to covid 383,000. I thought, wow, that is a large number. 383,000 people have died because of COVID. Now, is that accurate? I don't know. I've heard stories that people are being counted who who actually pass away from something else. They're being put into this category because there's some um, incentivization in the hospitals to record all deaths as COVID. I don't know if that's true or not. 383,000. And I thought, wow, that's an amazing number. And then I thought, well, I want to look at this a little bit more. So I looked at the CDC website and 383,000 people have died. But what they don't tell you is 22,582,000 have recovered from COVID. So the statistics are really skewed. It's kind of a clickbait kind of a thing. It's promoting fear and not promoting the hope. Because if you look at those numbers, it really represents about 1.6%. Again, if those numbers are correct, because I know numbers of people, myself, that have gotten sick and gotten better and did not actually report anything, and so the numbers are probably pretty skewed. Well, I thought a little bit deeper about this. I thought, oh, I wonder what this has been like around the globe. And around the globe, there have been 1.8 million deaths due to COVID. And I thought, that's a huge number. And then I thought, well, but Again, how many people have recovered from this? And the number of that is uh, 83,480,000 have recovered. Again, those numbers are skewed. It's kind of a clickbait article to try to promote fear. And again, if those numbers are accurate. Well, then I thought of one more number that I came across this past week on an article that was sent to me. 1.8 million people have died globally from what we call this pandemic. But did you know that in 2020, there were 42,600,000 abortions globally? The greatest epidemic and the greatest pandemic that we are facing is not COVID. The greatest epidemic in our world is abortion. 
the numbers of abortion are staggering. It is the greatest killer of all people. In fact, most categories combined do not add up to the number of children that were aborted globally in our world. 42, let that number just hit you. 42 million in one year around the globe were dead due to abortion. That is a pandemic and an epidemic that we have to be aware of and we have to begin to speak out against. This morning, as we enter into this message, I wanna show you a short movie that really captures this. And this short movie is a true story that happened during World War II in Nazi Germany. Watch this movie. So how do we respond to that? Do we just sing a little louder? and try to drown out the sounds of the things that are happening around us? Or do we actually stand up and raise our voices and make a difference in the world around us? Joshua commanded, was commanded by God in the book of Joshua as he was taking over leadership of the Israelites after Moses had died. And God spoke to Joshua and said these words to him, "'Have I not commanded you, be strong.'" Be strong, be courageous, do not be terrified or dismayed, for Adonai your God is with you wherever you go. We are called as Christians not merely to just sit there, not merely to just sing louder and pretend like the things that are going on around us are not in existence. We are called to make a difference, to be different to be strong, to be courageous, to not be afraid to make a stand, to not be afraid to stand up for the truth. For Adonai, your God, your Lord is with you every step of the way, everywhere we go. The question becomes, why don't we listen to God? And the one answer, the one word answer that I would give you of why people do not listen to God, not only non-Christians, but Christians even as well, is an issue called Godship. Now here's what Godship means. Godship is who will be God of your life. Will you be the God of your life or will you allow God to be the God of your life? The Lord is the creator of all. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords. As the creator of all, God has exclusive rights over his creation. Those exclusive rights that God has are these kind of rights. God, as the creator of all things, has the right to and the power to control. He is the creator of all, so as the creator of all, he has the power to control all of his creation. God, as the exclusive, as the exclusive creator, as the king of kings, God has also the right to judge. God sets the standards. God determines what is right and wrong. God determines morality. He determines and sets the standards for all of mankind because we are his creation. So he can determine for us what is right and what is wrong. And he can judge us according to the standards that he has set. God has the exclusive right and deserving of all praise. God deserves the praise of mankind. When sin entered into the Garden of Eden, those three rights were usurped by mankind. 
In other words, mankind, because of sin, tries to take upon ourselves the three rights that are exclusively God's. We have written God out of the picture. We have denied his existence. We have explained away why there could possibly be no God. And as a result, mankind has taken those three rights upon ourselves. And so every person has the inner desire, the sin-filled desire to be in control. I want to control everything. I want to control not only myself, but I want to control my situation. I want to control the outcomes. And I want to control other people because I'm trying to take upon myself what is exclusively God's. Mankind, because of a fallen sinful nature, has a desire to judge. I don't want to listen to God's standards. I want to determine my own standards. And so taking upon myself the desire to judge, I set standards for myself, for others, for my family, for my children, for my, my co-workers. I set the standard and then I judge people according to that standard and I even punish people according to that standard. Most marriage problems really relate out of this. Two people who are setting a standard for each other that is not God's standard, it's our standard, and we punish each other because we don't meet that standard. Mankind has taken upon itself the desire for praise. I want to be praised. I want to be noticed. I want you to applaud me. I want you to notice how wonderful I am. And it's because we have taken God's role upon ourselves. God alone is the creator. God alone is the one who is the author of all. God alone has these rights and right relationship with him says, I acknowledge those rights. God, you are the one in control and I'm going to quit trying to control. God, you are the judge and I'm gonna quit trying to judge everybody around me. God, you are the one that deserves all praise, not me. And so I will praise you and I will worship you because you are the one deserving of it. When we get that relationship fixed, it changes everything in our lives. The reason the abortion epidemic is the way it is, the modern day Holocaust is going the way that it's going is because people have denied God, people have set the standard, people judge according to their standards, and it has nothing to do with God whatsoever. When you get right with him, you repent you say, God, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I don't want to be in control anymore. I don't want to judge anymore. I don't want the praise anymore, God. I want you to be the judge. You be the one in control. You receive all praise. When we do, our mind changes when it comes to the concept and the issue that we're dealing with today, and that is the issue of abortion. It's amazing, in our world, we often think that it's the United States that is the one who really designed abortion, but did you know that the first country that legalized abortion happened in 1920? It was 100 years ago. It was the Russians who legalized abortion. Did you know that Spain was not shortly after that? Spain legalized abortion in 1936. Did you know that Great Britain introduced and legalized abortion called the 1967 Abortion Act, which legalized abortion in many regards and many aspects in Great Britain? The United States is not innocent of it. We are guilty of the abortion, but this is not a United States issue. This is a global epidemic. 
and God's judgment against the world will not be withheld. His judgment will come. The wrath of God that we have been talking about in our end time series, it will come because God will not be silent forever. They say, they estimate that since 1920, when Russia first legalized abortion around the globe, that there have been one billion abortions that have been committed. One billion. That is what has happened in our world. Do you know what God's view of abortion is? If you're a Christian, you should understand it and you should defend it and you should agree to it. This is not a journey church issue. This is a God issue. God has a standard and he expects us to follow the standard. And so I'm gonna give you four quick reasons why we should follow what God says about life itself. First thing is this, why should we value life? Why should that matter? Well, I wanna show you what God says about it. God says in Psalm chapter 100, verse three, he says this, know that Adonai, he is God. It is he who has made us. We are his we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God values life because he is the author of life. He is the creator of life. He values life, so I should also value life if I am his. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 24, it says this, thus says Adonai, your redeemer, who formed you in the womb, I am Adonai maker of all things, stretching out the heavens alone, spreading the earth abroad by myself. Again, why does God have the exclusive right to control, to judge, to receive praise? Because he is the maker of all things. He is the creator. We are not. Mankind is not. God is the creator. He sets the standard. And here's the standard. Life is precious. I formed you in the womb. I am the maker of all things, he says. Isaiah 64, verse 7, God says these words, but now, Adonai, you, God, are father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Again, it's not humanity, it is God. He is the creator, we are the creation. He is the potter, we are the clay. As the creator, he exclusively alone has the power to control, the right to judge. He deserves our praise. We are not the judge. We don't set the standard. God sets the standard because he and he alone is the creator. Again, why should we value life? But again, are you, do you question who is the creator of life? Well, here's what God says about him being the creator. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, he says this. For you, God, have created my conscience. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am awesomely, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows that very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was unformed. 
And in your book, we are written, are, were written the days that we were formed when not one of them had come to be. What, what does that all mean? It means that God knew you before you were even formed. I love that verse where it says that you are awesomely made. You are wonderfully made. Have you ever sat back and looked at yourself and thought, I am awesomely and wonderfully made? Jennifer and I just went on vacation and we were on the beach and I was wearing a Speedo on the beach with nothing else. That's not true. <laughs> How often do you look at yourself and think, I am fearfully, I am wonderfully, I am awesomely made? That's how God looks at you. Because life is precious to him. Life matters to God. Life is important to God. He is the author of life, the creator of life, the maker of life, the potter. He is the one that forms us. He knew us before we were even formed. Before you had Anything in creation, God knew you. He is the author, the perfecter, the creator. Jeremiah 1.5, he gave a promise to Jeremiah the prophet, but it's a promise that can carry over to all of us when he said this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you prophet to the nations. Well, how does God view life? He is the author. He is the creator. He values it. How does he view life? Exodus chapter 20. It's also found in Deuteronomy. These 10 commandments that, he, that we have given by God. He says, then God spoke all of these words. And one of the commandments he came to was this. Do not murder. Why would God say do not murder? Because life matters. Because life is valuable to him. And we are not to take that life. It is not ours to take. It is his to take. Psalm 127.3, it says, Behold, children are a heritage of Adonai. The fruit of the womb is a reward. God values, God loves, God cherishes life. It matters to him. He is the author. He is the creator. He has the exclusive rights we are not to come up against that and say, I will take those rights for myself and I will determine what is right and wrong. Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says this, I call the heavens and the earth to witness about you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Final question that I wanna look at is, are we permitted to take life? Did you know that in the Bible that you are not permitted to take life as presented by God saying, do not murder? Did you know there, there were very strict penalties that happened when murder did happen? Most often, if you murdered somebody purposefully, you were going to be murdered in return or killed in return because there was capital punishment according to God's standard. God values life. And so he sets a very high standard if you take a life. Did you know that it even talks about a woman who is pregnant in the Bible and is, is hurt, is wounded, that that is a precious thing to God as well. Look at these words in Exodus 21. If men fight and hit a pregnant woman so that her child is born early, yet no harm follows, the one who hit her is to be strictly fined according to what the woman's husband demands of him. 
He must pay as the judge is determined. But if any harm follows, then you are to penalize life for life. In other words, if two men are fighting and you hit a woman who is pregnant and that harms the baby, your life will be forfeited. Life for life, tooth for tooth, eye for eye, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, wound, blow for blow. This is God's perspective on why life matters. You may have always wondered, why is the abortion issue so important? Why does this matter to Christians? Why does this matter to somebody who is saying, I'm a follower of God? The reason it matters is because it matters to God. And if it matters to God, it matters to us. What is your view? How have you looked at it? Have you been guilty of just participating in the world's belief system? Have you been guilty of saying, God, I'm okay with it. They can do whatever they want to do. If you have taken that stance, you are really guilty before God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand before God someday and have to give an account of how I was uh, complicit in all that was going on around me. How are you complicit? Well, by just singing louder and not taking a stand by not repenting and changing of maybe your own belief system. Maybe by voting for people who acknowledge and openly, openly support abortion. Maybe by just doing nothing. See, God expects us to repent. He expects us to pray. He expects us to reach out to mentor, to serve, to get involved, to make a difference in our society, to be active, to stand up, to teach your children what is right and wrong. God expects us to be different. Life matters. God, who is the author and the creator, the one who has the exclusive rights, can determine the the standards. He is alone the only one who can judge. And it's our job to get in line with him. One final thought that I have, and that is this. What if, what if you have actively been involved? What if you have pressured someone to have an abortion? What if you have had an abortion yourself? What if you've had a wrong view of abortion? The question that I've often heard is this, can I be forgiven? I want you to know that there's good news. No matter how far you have fallen, no matter what the depths of your sin has been, no matter what things you have done, there is always room for forgiveness with God. He always provides a way. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the removal of trespasses, in keeping with the richness of his grace. What does that mean? It means we have forgiveness. It means that he could take our sin and remove them from us so that we don't have the penalty of sin anymore. And if there is sin in your heart, there are things in your life, I would encourage you just to, in your time alone with God, get on your knees and ask God, please forgive me and help me to be right going forward. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, it says, I 
I am the one. So it's God saying this. I am the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. God is the one who forgives. God is the one who gives grace. God is the one who blesses. God is the one who leads because he is the creator God. He sets the standard. He is the one in control. He is the one that deserves all praise. And it's my job to be right with him and to acknowledge him and to allow him to have the exclusive rights that are his and his alone. So today, this morning, the Sanctity of Life Sunday, what is your view of life? Is your view of life the same view that God has? Or is it a different view than God has? If it's a different view than God has, do you think that's okay? God alone is God. He is the creator. He is the author. And it's our job as people to put ourselves in alignment with him. We're going to close this morning with a word of prayer and then one final song. And I'm just going to ask you to pray with me. And I'm going to ask you just to be quiet, just all heads bowed, all eyes closed. And I want you just to do a little business with God and ask him, God, what can I do? What stand should I take? Are my views accurate with your views, God? Are there things in my life that I need to repent of? Father, I come before you on behalf of all the people here today and those that are watching with us. And Father, we want to be right with you. We want to acknowledge you, Lord. We want to be in a right relationship with you. If there are any issues in our lives, any of these Godship issues where we have taken control, where we have tried to become the judge, where we have tried to seek after praise, Father, I pray that we would repent of that. Lord, if there are other areas in our lives, maybe our, our belief system when it comes to the importance of life convict us of that and help us to be in step with you. Father, you have created life. You have knit us together in our mother's wombs. You knew us before we were formed. You looked at us and made us precious in your sight. We are fearfully and wonderfully and awesomely made, but it's not by us, it is by you. You are the creator and the author of all. We acknowledge that today. Lord, if there are things that we can do, actively show us that whether it's reaching out to people that we know, whether it's taking a stand, taking a stand on a sidewalk somewhere, whether it's taking a stand on Facebook, whether it's, whether it's standing up for you in, in our workplaces or in our homes, Lord, help us to stand firmly for you. Help us to view life the same way that you view life, to have the same attitude and to have the same thoughts that you have. Father, I pray that you would help our country. And I pray that you would help our world, that before it's too late, that hearts would be turned to you, repentance would happen, and lives would be forever changed. Father, you are slow to anger. 
You are abounding in loving kindness. You are compassionate. And Father, we thank you for that. Lord, just continue to work in us. Continue to work through us and help us to bring honor and glory to you. We thank you for this day. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to that message from Journey Church. Be sure to stop by our website, journeychurchgillette.com, and check out past sermons and learn how to get plugged in with us. Also, if you would like to give to Journey to help us continue doing ministry in ways like this, just hit the Give button on our website to support us on this mission. Hey, I hope that you have a great day, and may God bless you.